Yo, yo, hope you all been good. In this show, I'm going to talk about the value of money relative to assets. In the current, because in the current economic environment, money is gaining value relative to assets. It's gaining purchasing power when you currently compare money to assets. Not many financial media outlets, economists or pundits are talking about this. When looking at the asset markets and comparing them to cash, cash is gaining purchasing power. That's a fact. Why is this the case? Because as we speak, we are witnessing deflation within the asset markets. Deflation is the opposite to inflation. Inflation is when prices go up and deflation is when prices go down. Not just the prices of goods, services and bills, which is known as consumer prices, but asset prices like houses, stocks, commodities, alternative assets and even cryptocurrency. Example, during December we tend to have a mini spike in, spike in inflation because firms up prices for the Christmas demand. But in January we tend to witness a little wave of deflation. This is because of January sales. The prices of goods and services in January, they go down. And every January, our money gains a little bit of purchasing power. If a pair of trainers cost £100 in December, before Christmas, by the January sales, they go down to £50, then that's a 50% reduction. You can buy double the amount of trainers for the same amount of money. We all love sales and discounts because they are essentially a mini form of deflation. We get more value for the same money. This is why I'm an advocate for deflation. And inflate, deflation is a byproduct of free market pricing. And I'll repeat, as we speak, we are now witnessing a deflationary period within the asset markets. Now, ask yourself, how do you look at money? For the average person, there are many ways to look at money. For money being a utility, to money being a medium of transfer, to money being an asset, to money being wealth itself. I don't want to sound gloomy whilst being honest, but fact is, money's worth nothing. It's only worth something because two people are willing to exchange it for goods, services, resources and labour. Two people willing to exchange money is a form of creating a market. It's a form of making a market, sorry. Now, why are they making a market? And let me give you an example. If you sell books, if you're a bookseller, and you are willing to accept pebbles for payments on your books, you are essentially making a market for pebbles. If more and more people adopt your pebble payment system then after a while there will be a tradable market for pebbles you make a market like the forex markets are tradable markets for currencies pebbles essentially become a currency because you make them a medium of transfer like all other currencies this example may sound weird and alternative but this is how we value money which is just paper and digits on the screen the value comes from the will to exchange. Ironically, the difference between money and pebbles is the supply. Pebbles are at a fixed supply, like gold, steel, and other resources. Money isn't a fixed supply, it's infinite. History proves to us that fixed supply currencies are stronger than non-fixed supply currencies. Gold standard versus fiat currency.
What stops the government producing £10 trillion in new money tomorrow? Nothing. The government can't create more pebbles tomorrow. No, they can't. This is basically asset-backed currency meeting fiat currency. But that's how we value money. We value it because other people are willing to accept it for payment. Payment for goods, services, resources and labour. Take away the will to pay or the will to accept payment, then a currency can crash very, very, very quickly. Throughout the whole of history, most currencies have failed. Roman denarius, the Deutsche Mark, the Papier Mark, Zimbabwe dollar, French livers, many, many others. The optics of money, the way people look at money, is quite multitude. Some of us hate it, some of us look it, love it, some of us don't care about it. Some of us think it's evil. As the old saying goes, money's the root of all evil. Personally, I love money. I grew up with nothing. Ever since I called out my mum, I've idled money. I've always and forever concluded that money makes the world go round. That's a reality. Many people don't like to accept that, but that's a fact. It's why we all get up in the morning. Without it, anarchy would ensue. Growing up deprived induced me into demanding money, and that demand made me learn about money. If I grew up not valuing money, chances are I wouldn't have gone into finance. This is why I think Brits, and especially young British people, they should learn more and more about money and finance and taxes. But going back to asset deflation boosting our purchasing power, the lack of ability to understand this is kind of, well, well, in sort of intellectually depriving people of the ability to, to acquire assets, to buy assets when they should be buying them. Like in the current and the coming economic environment, People understand and see their money is losing value relative to their bills and the goods that they purchase. They can see it in plain sight and in their monthly outgoings. But they don't understand at the same time their money is gaining value relative to assets. Let's look at the stock market compared to a simple necessity like bread. In the last 12 months, bread has risen in price by around 20%. So let's look at this in the form of quantity, in a quantity point of view. Let's say last year one pound purchased, let's say for example last year one pound pound purchased you a thousand grams of bread. Now due to inflation that same one pound only buys you just over 800 grams of bread. You get less quantity for the same money. Now let's look at stock and stock prices from a quantity point of view. Uh, ITV last December, that was trading at, let me check, £1.15 a share. Today is trading at 75p a share. Now, in December, £100 would have purchased you just over 85 shares in ITV. Fast forward to now, December 2022, £100 purchases you just over 130 shares in ITV. Quantity-wise, the same amount of money now purchase now purchase you purchases you more ITV stock than what it could have purchased you last December. But when looking at bread, £100 now buys you the low, lesser quantity of bread. 
bread inflation has caused this. It's simple. Bread is going up in price, a.k.a. consumer price inflation. ITV stock is going down in price, a.k.a. asset deflation. The wrath of inflation meeting the fruits of deflation. Millions of Brits are currently witnessing consumer price inflation, and it's hurting them, especially the working class and those that are unemployed. But not many are witnessing the asset deflation side which is the area providing and will soon provide the most opportunity. When was the last time to buy a house? During the housing crash of 2009. Why? Because houses deflated in price. Here's another example that shows what I mean. So during the housing crash of 2009, the average house price fell to around, let's check, 155 grand. So one million pound in two thousand and nine would have purchased you purchased you six and a half British homes, six point five British homes. Fast forward to today, when house prices are around about two hundred and ninety k, one million will pound will purchase you you about three point five British homes because average price is two hundred ninety k. So deflation in the housing market during 2009 would have purchased you would have purchased you a lot more homes than today. Three more homes to be exact with the same money. Asset deflation reduces wealth inequality. Asset inflation produces wealth inequality, especially especially within the housing market. Asset inflation within the housing market drains money out of the system because rent prices go up so money is redistributed away from the real economy to the landlord it also hurts the younger generation and the least well off acquiring a property because their money becomes less valuable relative to property prices let's look at money compared to another stock Uh, let's look at netflix in the past year, Netflix has is roughly halved in price. The Netflix stock has roughly halved in price in the past year. So a thousand dollars now purchases you purchases you twice as much stock in Netflix than what it could have purchased you in two thousand and twenty one. But today, the same amount of money buys you twenty percent less bread, quantity wise. For the same amount of money, you get hundred percent more Netflix stock, but twenty percent less bread. Bitcoin. Bitcoin is down two-thirds this year, just under two-thirds year to date. So which is roughly sixty-five to seventy percent. That's what that's how much Bitcoin has fallen this year. So the same amount of money now purchases you roughly hundred and fifty percent more bitcoins than what it would have purchased you last year. The same money buys hundred and fifty percent more in quantity in bitcoin but the same money buys buys 20 percent less bread crypto deflation meets consumer price inflation marks and spencer's stock has fallen half this year as well so 100 pound now purchase purchases you double the amount of shares in marks and spencer's than what it could have purchased you in january 2022 earlier this year same 100 pound buys double the quantity of marks and spencer's stock but the same £100 now buys 20% less quantity bread than in December 2021. The list 
is endless and it goes on and on. As a trader, it's my job to seek out value where I can see value. And when I measure money against asset prices, mainly stocks, I witness deflation breeding value. Deflation breeds value. Value offers opportunity and opportunity offers the ability to accumulate. And accumulation offers stability. And financial stability offers good health and happiness. Many people may not agree with me on this, but I'm adamant and assured that deflation is socially good for society and is healthy for the average person. Inflation is socially damaging to society. Deflation is an Elite's nightmare, but it's a worker's delight. Everyone loves prices falling. Imagine housing market falling, prices in the housing market falling 50%. Who's going to welcome that? It's going to be the working class, those who don't own a home. It's going to be those who rent because when house prices fall, so does rent. They're correlated. So the middle class and the upper class may not like it because deflation in the housing market means that their wealth falls in value. Many of them may get hurt because it might, especially if the housing market falls 50%, those who have got 10, 20, 30, 40% equity in the home, they're going to be all underwater. So yeah, deflation is an Elite's nightmare and a worker's delight. Deflation, deflation, it may sound a bit mad this, but deflation is a driver of the social media phenomenon, the buy the dip trend. When stock prices deflate, many will buy the dip. Some of us will even short the VIX. January sales, Black Friday, both deflationary. Prices go down. Inflation and deflation doesn't just occur on a macroeconomic level. There are many, many pockets of inflation and deflation within an economy. Measuring money against our bills and our money is losing value, but measuring money against stock prices, like I've mentioned in an example, we see money's gaining value. So maybe don't look at money in the form of numbers on a screen or a piece of paper. Money loses value every year, yet the digits keep going up. By twenty, by the year 2050, bread will probably be worth five quid a loaf. By the year 2100, that will go to 15, maybe 20 pound a loaf. Debasement of a currency always occurs. So the way you look at money is fiat the lens of measurement. You need to maybe, maybe you need to measure. Now, I'm not telling you what to do, but I measure money against prices on an individual level and I'll do so and it makes me when I do so it gets it gives me the ability to understand purchasing power in a more simpler sense so yeah learn about purchasing power the purchasing power of money and you will maybe value money in a more mathematical sense let's look at other assets cars there are many cars you can now purchase for much cheaper than what you could have purchased them for, say, five or ten years ago. So you measure money against second-hand cars over a five to ten-year period, you'll conclude that money's gaining purchasing power. But if you measure that same money against car rental price prices over a five and ten-year period, you will conclude that money's losing purchasing power. 
Now measure money against movies. Compared to the 90s and the early 21st century, you can now purchase a lot more movies with less money. Back in the 90s, in the early early 21st century, DVDs and videos used to cost a lot of money. £10-ish. If you wanted to rent them, you're talking about two, maybe two to four quid. Even the rentals from Blockbuster and Apollo, they were quiet a lot. Now you can purchase a Netflix subscription for just seven quid a month. And you'll receive access to thousands of movies. If you watch Netflix movie, let's say every few days, then over a month you're going to be watching ten. You're going to be watching ten Netflix movies. So you're going to be paying roughly seventy pence per movie. If you watch a Netflix movie every day, then over a month you're watching thirty movies. So you're going to be paying just over twenty pence each for each movie. So over a 20-year period, quantity-wise, you can now purchase thousands and thousands more move, thousands upon thousands more movies for less money. So economically speaking, movies are deflationary. Movies are deflationary because of technology. Technology and automation are both deflationary in nature because you can purchase very cheap movies over the internet. And in the past 30 years, the internet has been a major, major driver towards suppressing inflation, especially inflation after threat quantitative easing that occurred since 2008. You can now consume more news from a £10 pay per month paywall than purchasing newspapers every day for that month. One is digital, the other is tangible. And purchasing newspapers every day for the month, that will cost you a lot more than £10. Digital technology, in the last, especially in the last 12 years, has masked much of the inflation that could have been produced from the start of QE, which started in 2008. Yes, the asset market soaked up much of the QE capital, so inflation was indirectly outsourced to the asset markets from the real economy, but technology did suppress potential consumer price inflation, as I've just mentioned with news and movies. Not just news and movies, but holidays, planes, fashion items, and many, many other products. They have all fallen in price. Outsourcing production to China and Asia, that's also a def form of, def that's also been deflationary. So, simply speaking, maybe you should look to measure money against individual products, services, and, and assets. And if you do, you will realise value in certain places. Also, try to understand purchasing power. It's a very important thing for the average person. So yeah, I shall conclude in summary and repeat. Currently, as we speak, money is gaining value relative to the asset markets, mainly stocks. Thanks for listening to the show and I hope you follow me more. And until the next show, have a prosperous day and productive period.